We take a single episode of a science fiction TV series and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. This is the Fusion Patrol Podcast. Welcome to the discussion. Hello, I'm Eugene. And I'm David. And this is Fusion Patrol. Welcome back. It's time for, well, I'd like to say I'm cheerful about it, but it's time for the last two episodes of Otherworld, that 1985 show that we've just been having so much fun with on the show. Tonight we're going to be looking at the, as I said, final two episodes. That is Mansion of the Beast and the Princess Metra. Metra, yes. All right, Mansion of the Beast summary. It's Beauty and the Beast. You've seen it before. I'm not kidding. Complete with a Oh, you've got to come back. Oops, a little thing happened and I couldn't make it, but I meant to. And the, I mean, except it's mom this time and a beast. Oh, it's so bad. Let's talk about it. <laughs> so uh, I didn't like it, but I assume that for the sake of discussion, you loved it, right? No. 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 Just, you know, All right. typical crap. It, it would. <sighs> Every week we have pointed out, with the possible exception of the no, even the first week, how artistically bankrupt this show really is. In in, and this one's no different. It really is Beauty and the Beast. They're they're traveling through the forest. Well, they're traveling through the desert in a covered wagon because that's different, right? I mean, it's like like we'll have new mode of transit each week, yeah. and this week it happened to be covered wagon, which they bought from a miner somewhere. Um, anyway, they're traveling through some desert, then they find some forest. Inside the forest, they find a poor little owl whose uh, wing is hurt, and so Mom, who is, I think, a veterinarian. Could be. I mean, at least in one place, they got her a job as a veterinarian's assistant. Yeah. So... I don't know how you'd get that unless you knew something about veterinarians. So I think maybe she's a veterinarian. Anyway, she set the animal's wings. Meanwhile, a werewolfy looking creature in the woods is like looking at her. And then he stops them and he explains some power and he says, you know, you guys can leave, but the girl, talking mom, is coming with me. Uh, otherwise, you're all dead. And so mom's first off dad gets himself knocked unconscious because, you know, dad's out. Mom says, okay, get out of here, kids. Take dad. Get out of here. Uh, and they're like, we're coming back for you, Mom. So Mom goes to this palace, and there's, like, a, a face in the wall that follows you with the eyes, and he can do anything he wants, and candles, and I'm going to keep you here forever because I'm lonely, and 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 I'm going to make you love me. No, I'm never going to love you. And then she never does. Oddly enough, she never does. No. Now, unlike the standard Beauty and the Beast tale where where Beauty, in this case Mom, falls in love with the Beast, she just pities him in this one. I mean, by the end, she feels sorry for him, and she doesn't want to hurt him, but she doesn't love him. Of course, because she's got Dad. Meanwhile, Dad's recovered because he was knocked unconscious for yeah. no actual apparent reason <laughs> in the story because it didn't give the kids a chance to do anything because Dad just woke up a little bit later and then that was him. And they meet up with this guy who's played by Gomez from the Adams Family but with longer hair and he's older. And uh, he turns out to be the brother of the creature and the creature had gone to uh, Emar and when he was a man and he'd gone through some sort of portal to get to a planet called Earth and gained superpowers and he came back a monster. 
and that's uh, what's going on, and his beast, and he says, all right, fine, we can't let your mom go, I'll kill him, we gotta kill him, they go up and they get, like, a star fire, I think they call yeah. it, it's a, it's a, apparently periodically little crystals from space crash down in this lake, and they get it, they forge one arrow tip out of it, they go there, meanwhile, mom is like, you know, I'll stay here, but just let me see my family one more time, and he says, yeah, okay, one day, but if you don't come back at the end of one day, I'm gonna die. So she leaves, but the family have left, so she doesn't know where they are, and they, they know where they is, and then they come to the thing, and then she's coming back because she realizes that the family's going to go kill him because they left a note <laughs> saying, hey, we're going off to kill the beast. And then she comes back, but there's a rattlesnake in the middle of the road, and it scares the horse. She gets knocked off the horse. The horse comes rumbling back. The beast, who is confronting Dad, who's got the arrow there, is like, you know, you're going to kill me with that. He sees the horse come back, realizes she's not on the horse, thinks she betrayed him. They shoot him. He dies. Well, he doesn't really die. He sort of, he dies. And then he... he transforms back to a man. Then she cries yeah. on him, and he transforms yeah. back to a man. And he tells him everything he knows about Earth, which is basically nothing except that you get to Emar and you go to this valley. And so it's so, it's so stolen right out of you. I mean, to say that this one is, the others were artistically bankrupt because they couldn't come up with new ideas. Right? Yeah. This one, they couldn't even come up with a new idea. It's Beauty <laughs> and the Beast. It's literally Beauty and the Beast. Uh, uh, there was a TV show about that time, wasn't there? Yeah, somewhere around then. I don't know which came first. But... The the Linda Hamilton thing, yeah. which um, I have never understood the appeal of the Beauty and the Beast story. No, uh, I I know that I know that there was like um, I think, and uh, boy, this is such a generalization. This is a terrible generalization. I apologize. I apologize to anyone who's saying this, but I'm just I'm putting this out there that it's been my observation that many of the women who really, really liked the Linda Hamilton Beauty and the Beast, there's something about the fact that, A, he's a bit of a lion, which I think is a bit kinky. They like him because, ooh, he's a bit of a lion, and also because he's got the soul of a poet, even though he's ugly, which is very, you know. Yeah. This guy didn't have the soul of a poet. No. No, I mean, he didn't even have that going for him. He didn't have the lion thing going. But, I, I, I you know, it, it lost all of the, the... If there is charm to the story, it lost. I, uh, what do you think about it? I, the yeah, episode? I mean, yeah. I mean, you pretty much said everything there was. I mean, it's, it covered it pretty well. I mean, it, 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 to me, the sh- the episode didn't fit with the, what we had seen up to then. You know, like you said, he comes back with superpowers. He can control the weather just by snapping his fingers practically and make it storm. And it's like, I don't know, I mean, what, where did this all come from? Just because you went, visited Earth and you come back? We don't have that technology. So. Yeah, this one is far more um, mystical. Yeah. Yeah, not fantasy. Yeah, mystical would be the right word. In the others, in the other episodes trying to think about it. I mean, in the other episodes, as far as I can tell, everything has been alternate technology. Yeah. And, you know, this is a little bit different. That's it. It's a little bit ahead of ours in some ways. But this was just kind of seemed like mystical claptrap. Yep. Which I don't like. I mean, 
if I'm watching a fantasy show, I mean, you're watching Harry Potter, you gotta, you gotta accept the magic and the, yes. the funny hats and the, the hair and... I mean, at the, at the beginning, when we were first meeting the character, if you want to call him lo- the lion, if, if we want to. Lion-o! Yeah. Thunder! Thunder! Thundergats! Ho! <laughs> I, mean, I thought we were going to go more to like an island of Dr. Moreau type of thing, where it was experimentation. He did look a lot like yeah. an island of Dr. Moreau. I mean, let's face it, 1970s, yeah. 1980s, yeah. beast makeup was pretty unimaginative. Yeah. I thought he was a werewolf at first. Yeah. I mean, okay, the title of the episode is Mansion of the Beast, which... I suppose if you were to look at that and you'd go, oh, that's Beauty and the Beast, (laughs) kind of thing. I should have known that. Uh, But at first I thought it was kind of this creepy werewolf thing that was keeping an eye on him. But then it it rapidly devolved into this this terrible... And I know know the family was threatened, but she seemed to just go way too easily and willingly, just immediately. There was no argument. It's just like, oh, okay, I'll go with you. You guys leave. This family... And give up the rest of my life with you guys. This family is, like, so self-sacrificing. Have you noticed that? (laughs) It's like, no, you guys go. I'll just... I'll die Yeah, second episode, Trace and the Zone Troopers. Hey, I'll go off. If you guys have to leave without me, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, I think they're looking for an excuse to get away from one another. That's (laughs) that's the best I can come up with. But um, this was just mom was self I I really do believe that this... That we have misjudged this show. Not saying that it's good, not at all, but it really is not a story. It is not a science fiction story. No. This is a story about the family. And they have, they've just put the family in circumstances. And really, you're not supposed to care about the circumstance, you're supposed to care about the family. But I don't know about you, I don't care about the family. I don't, they're too plastic to me. Yeah. And I am, I am the guy who does not <laughs> believe in shows <laughs> where we have to make all the characters gritty and real and, yeah. you know, show them wiping their butts because that's what reality's like in television and makes for great drama. I don't, I don't buy that. But these people are too far. Yeah. The yeah. Other I mean, way. yeah, there's no emotional connection or anything with them. I mean, I, I, mean, I like them, they're likable people. But, but, you know, other than that. I just don't, I don't, they don't gel. I don't get it. They don't seem like a family to me. And apart from the fact that every once in a while they put in a scene where dad shows he's really randy for mom. Yeah. Um, and Smith, the little kid, doesn't do anything in any episode of the whole series. It's like he's always in the background. Sometimes we'll show him, sometimes we won't, just so you know he's there. And there's, there's no, what, what is he doing? He's not playing on this, you know, Game Boy or anything because it is Yeah, exactly. Um, What's he doing the rest of all this when all this is going on? <laughs> they really didn't do much in this one. Uh, obviously, we had a little subplot with Dan and Trace and uh, Gomez yeah. going out to get the Starfire and what. But really, the other two just kind of hung around the cabin and pretty much, you know, look, looked like set decorations. <laughs> so, um, it, it's not a good, it's not a good story, and it's it's not a good series, and we've said that before. But so there was, I'm nothing of a note. This was just killing time, and it just like it's killed time watching this episode. Yeah. Kind of, there were a few facepalm moments where you go, I can't believe <laughs> they couldn't even come up. I mean, you know, Beauty and the Beast. There are stories that we get in TV series that. You you really, you have to slap your head. And I can give you a few examples. 
every year for many years there was always at least one show that had to do a christmas carol yeah right all the time and some shows would do it like basically verbatim if it was a, a drama show it would be it would actually be a christmas carol yeah. in some manifestation with all the plot twists that you would expect from from a christmas even though it doesn't fit into the way the show is made or anything exactly and then some shows and um and I know we talked about this well not you and I didn't talk about this but Simon and I, I think talked about this when Doctor Who did their Christmas Carol. Yes. So apparently the British do not have this tradition of TV shows doing a Christmas Carol over and over and again. Whereas us growing up or well, some of us growing <laughs> up in the United States um or at least watching syndicated TV shows yeah. I mean it it's so common. That you could just pick any show. And so the $6 million man had yeah. a Christmas Carol <laughs> episode where Steve Austin was trying to convince this Scrooge-like guy who was making substandard parts for government contracts because he was he was adhering to the letter of the contract to make his maximum profit. And people's lives were getting harmed because of it. So he put on a Santa Claus outfit and used his bionic powers. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> Complete with like making the guy's tombstone using his bionic fingernail. Yeah. You know, and the short like it's so sick. So there's that kind of show. There's the most dangerous game. Now that one is not very popular anymore. Well, Christmas Carol's not very popular anymore. I think I think American television may have grown beyond these trucks but like the most dangerous game which yeah. I, I love that book and uh, or novella i don't remember how big it was in the original but i remember reading it a long time ago you know many many shows guy comes to an island haha look it's a nice island i've got my private game reserve but you see i got bored hunting every other animal on the planet <laughs> and you're it i'm gonna give you an hour head start and then pick a show. Yeah. Uh, Logan's Run had that episode. Fan- uh, First time I remember seeing that on TV, I think it was fa- the pilot of Fantasy Island, wasn't it? I think there was a Fantasy yeah. Island Something one. Like that, uh, yeah. uh, the Incredible Hulk had it. Uh, I- I've seen so many shows that have done that same yeah. one. Beauty and the Beast is not as common, but again, it's like this is a bankrupt episode. I mean, I can picture the writers sitting down and going, well, can we do the most dangerous game for that? And and somebody goes, oh, everybody does that. Let's do Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> it's like, it's not Christmas yet, so we can't do a Christmas carol. I can imagine when they got to Christmas time, if this show had made it, that they would have done the Christmas carol, somehow adapting it for the Church of the Artificial Intelligence. Yeah, could very well be. Plus, they needed the episode to focus on the mother character, so. Yeah, I guess we were due for a mom episode, yeah. so. Um, did you find, when she's in this when she's in this mansion, the the beast has the ability to. Ma- it's the castle is magical, right? The castle now will grant you your every wish, except freedom, of course. You won't even have to think about it. So she goes near a fire. The fire rages up to keep warm up the room. Yep. She wakes up. The sheets pull back off of yeah. her, so she doesn't <laughs> even have to pull the shit. The candles come on. There's something remarkably creepy about the sheets thing. Yeah. I mean, she had clothes on underneath it. So it wasn't like you were going to get something, you know, racy on TV. But it's just something it creepy felt that about way, though, the, didn't it? the yeah. sheets being pulled off of her. I would have, yeah. It's like, okay, the house is watching me. That, that one, you know, if the candles don't bother me. That's like an automated license. Yeah. But the sheets just, ugh. 
It's kind of like all the old, some of the old Hammer films, maybe some of the Dracula stuff. Kind of felt maybe a little along that line. Yeah, and it, and it, and it obviously it wouldn't apply to her. But if if this had happened to a guy, I mean, would the toilet raise yeah. or lower the seat depending <laughs> on what you needed to do? I I don't know. Uh, I think that would have been something they could have explored. Well, there's something they could have explored. What about an ugly beast? Or an ugly beast? Obviously, <laughs> there's a clever idea. What about if the beast was a girl? We've never seen that one no. because Beauty and the Beast kind of doesn't go with. But the guy could be kind of I don't know, you know, uh, <clears throat> fabulous, if you will, and <laughs> <laughs> perhaps in the seventies and eighties, you know, they they would like that, and he didn't know they were gay. Um, so then we could convincingly fall in love with a female, and that would have been a different story. But this was not it. <laughs> really, really desperate on this. But all right, let's let's. Anything? Anything else? Nothing at all? Nope. Not a thing. No. And and so we spiral slowly into, or rapidly, depending on how you want to look at it, we spiral into Princess Metra. So we mentioned in our review of Beauty and the Beast, or The Mansion of the Beast, that it seems like every week they're coming up with a new and innovative way to travel around this benighted planet. And uh, this week, they're in a hot air balloon, which... They bought an old crate at an auction, apparently, without knowing what the contents were. Yeah. What were they intending to find? It's like... I don't know. <laughs> and it had a hot air balloon in it. So, so we decided, as a family, to make it our project and learn to fly it and head out across. Which I thought air flight was basically banned. So yeah, I thought so. This, this doesn't seem like their best Yeah, and then plan. they're in the search of the obelisks again, I guess, from the air, which obviously they didn't ever find, at least in this episode. I guess, so. in a way, aerial reconnaissance would be a lot better than walking along yeah. the path if you could do it. But, but of course, here's what happens. They come to uh, Metroplex, I think it's yes. called. Metroplex. And... Um, they're shot down because they're an alien object invading their airspace. Well, there you go. Luckily, their laser just put a little hole in it, and they had to land the balloon. But when they landed the balloon, it turns out that everybody looks at Gina, and it's like, whoa, look at her. Look at the hair. Mind you, there's blonde people all over the place, right? But girl comes out of the sky. Look at her. It's her. Turns out, I think she's Princess Metra. The return of Princess Metra there. 200 year ago princess who was much beloved and foretold that she would someday return and um it's his added credibility because gina has a medallion with that's a silver dollar with kennedy on it yeah and they see that and they're like this is exactly like princess metra's medallion and they pull out princess metra's medallion and it's also a john f kennedy dollar and they're like okay that's kind of weird so she's but there's this woman who's the prime manager not the prime minister prime manager and uh, and obviously she doesn't like the fact that the princess is back because she's in charge but now she's not in charge she's just you know a lackey she's like being a lackey because that's what people who were previously in charge and they get bumped down by some kid who flies in out of a balloon and so she uh, you know basically wants her dead so she sends her to the test to see if she really is a princess metric because she knows she isn't because everybody who tries dies and the computer asks her these questions, and it's like, oh, groovy, man, I'm going to ask you some questions. Um, uh, I forget what the question is. Father of your country. Oh, he's the father of your country. And the answer is, well, father of my country is George Washington. It's like, correct. Far out. Far out. <laughs> groovy. <laughs> and uh, let's see, what was the second 
question. That was also an easy one. Oh, yes, it's smaller than a basketball, but bigger than a golf ball. What is it? It's a baseball. baseball. Right on. <clears throat> and then finally, um, um, it's uh, based on your medallion. Uh, what was this man's favorite German phrase? And she fights around with it. She yeah. And I'm not sure. Did he say I'm a pastry or did he <laughs> say I'm a Berliner uh, from Berlin? I don't know yeah. whether she got it right and which is right. Is the wrong one right or is the right one right? Or is the yeah. one that he said right? Well, but whatever it was, she got it and she gets in and they're like, oh, she's a princess. So they try to kill her. But she doesn't like all the things that are going on because this is her episode and, you know, there's slaves and there's uh, people doing stuff that the prime manager wants but nobody else wants. And she ruffles a lot of feathers and eventually it has to stage a revolt because that's the kind of girl she is. Saves the day, kills the prime manager. She doesn't do it. Somebody else kills the prime manager. The man she loves kills the prime manager. And um, that's that story. And they leave in their balloon, which has been miraculously repaired by the people in Prime Metro. So now that's that's your summary, David. Take it away. What do you think of this one? I thought this one was – it's obviously a lot better than Mansion of the Beast, which was for the most part nothing. I did – uh, I felt from the point of the series, I mean, this is one we're actually starting to learn a little bit more, you know, on their quest. And I felt like maybe we're going to go somewhere with it. I mean, it's, it was still the basic plot, you know, somebody comes in and takes over and oh, I'm tries to run pretty, justly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was nothing, you know, original about that. You've seen that in, in dozens of shows as well. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, interesting, though, that they had the. That oh, and we do at one point the princess goes in and sees the hologram of the girl. Yeah, the previous princess Metro. His name yes. was Clancy or something, and and she didn't look anything like her, but maybe it's her American accent. Yeah. She's from 1964. Yes. And had they issued John F. Kennedy probably not dollars in '64? I mean, they probably struck them pretty quickly after his assassination, yeah. but. I don't know how quickly. I mean, were they done that? I didn't think they were. I don't know. I wasn't born until '64, yeah. so uh, something late '64. I don't recall seeing those. Till it was it was '70s written on them. I don't know of any '1960s. This is something we could probably look up yeah. on the internet. But back then, they didn't have the exactly. internet when they were writing this, so they could have been told. I have totally no idea. Um, but that was 200 years ago in other world time. So one, we learn that other world time and our time are either not synchronized or they run at different speeds yeah. or, you know, that upsets Trace because he doesn't know now when they're going to get back home. He's, he could be an old man and, and his friends are just going down the graduation aisle. Yep. But I'm thinking to push him in a wheelchair. I'm thinking, I'm thinking at this point you've lived the life of hard knocks. You don't really need to get that diploma. That's uh, Trace. So. You don't know about corn anyway, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you've been made a man by the zone troopers, boy. Um... <laughs> Of course, you know, the prime manager wants to uh, have her killed because she's doing unpopular things. And when I say unpopular things, she's doing very popular things. In fact, she's a very popular princess. And she's trying to do what's right. This is, of course, the family thing again. Yes. You know, talking about, you know, Gina, we know you have to listen and you got to do it, but you do what's right and what you think is in your heart. And, of course, that always in government makes very powerful enemies. Um 
the captain of the guard falls in love with her and she falls in love but with the of captain course. of the guard, of course. So um, I don't think it will be too surprising to you to know that predictably uh, the guard, the captain of the guard and the prime manager managed to kill each other in the final uh, confrontation to save Gina's life and end the threat. And it's that was utterly predictable. Because she couldn't fall in love with somebody and then have them actually be truly in love. It's not like Trace's girlfriends that are just in him for the money. Yeah. Um, this is, you know, this was like, this was true love. There were little tears and kissing and all that stuff. And it was very sad. Um, oh, so we were to... <laughs> don't, don't let me get off on Tom like this. Bring me back to, bring me back to what we're talking about. Which is the girl from the other dimension, from Earth... Ruled, she, you know, she gave us some story. Who cares? Um, yeah, she was adopted by, I guess, a, a king, the I king. guess. Yeah. yeah, so she genuinely was the princess. She was adopted, yes. but she came from Earth, had been a slave, and then got saved. And then after she'd ruled and tried to rule very justly, and she decided she had to go to Emar, which is the place where you got to go to get back to Earth. And also, she repeats exactly the same thing that was the only piece of information we could get from the Beast. Last week, you've got to go to Emar to the Some valley, the valley of isolation, or something yeah. like that, where death comes, but not by the sword, or something like that. Yeah, something like that. It doesn't really matter because this is the last <laughs> episode, and we're never going to find that out. Um, so we, you know, we get a little clue. So obviously, we got a got a story arc going here, which is always I love a story arc when you're in a show that's going to die after yeah. six episodes. But obviously when they're written, you, they don't know this going in, and that's not your your plan. I mean, the show could have been a top ten hit for all they know. Really? Well, th- really? That's what, I assume that's what all networks plan on for any new show coming out. They plan on it going somewhere. At least getting a full season of 22, 24 episodes. And that would have made, you know, like Mansion of the Beast would have just been that filler episode, you know. Which wouldn't look as bad, except when we only have eight episodes, everything looks bad. If we had a whole season of them, but, you know, who knows? Maybe these could have just been the bad of the good. You, know, you, you never know. Then we decided to make the bad <laughs> ones first. I, I, I have a difficult time thinking that somebody looked at these scripts and thought anything other than, well, I hope we just don't get crushed too badly by Columbo or whatever's on. Yeah. Because they're just so – Ben and I have had this conversation on, I think, probably talking about Man from Atlantis. Okay. But do the do the people who write these things, do they think we're this stupid? <laughs> Man, seriously. I mean, this is written at a level that I can't, I can't fathom. I know that these are done in, in family hour. Yeah. Isn't like for at least for our time in Arizona, it's it's like seven PM. Like that first hour is geared for the kids and the family. Right. Then eight's maybe the PG thirteen level and then after nine is when you can do well, it, little I, more adult I, stuff. Yes. I mean that's that's true I think generally in every night. And if you get stuck in that slot and you're not a family show, you have a very, very difficult time because they just basically emasculate your scripts. And I thought this show was made for that slot. Yeah. So Maybe this is written for 10-year-olds. I mean, it's possible. I think it's insulting the intelligence of 10-year-olds, <laughs> but maybe it's written for 10-year-olds. And maybe... Yeah, we get that whole lowest common denominator, too. You know, you got to entertain the, the masses. But if it were written for 10-year-olds, why doesn't Smith ever get a part? I mean, don't isn't that where you usually put the precocious yeah. kid shows so that the kids are like, oh, 
I, I could be precocious like him. I think I'll Maybe go. he can solve all the problems. Yeah, yeah like, I'm cool. My name is Wesley. I mean, um, I'd say it was just, it was, you know, I mean, you're not really calling it science fiction. But I think it's more light sci-fi. It was, it was a family thing. I don't even know. I mean, was there any other sci-fi shows on at the time? I mean, this is still before Next Generation came around and other stuff. They're pretty few and far between. I mean, what did we have before that? You know, Powers of Matthew Starr in the early 80s, The Phoenix. I mean, there, there, there's nothing. Yeah, there's no really good sci-fi shows at that time. We're probably missing like a classic. <laughs> But the top of my, I mean, the the ones I can think of off the top of my head are, and we're talking American 70s. television, obviously. I mean, obviously in Britain you have Doctor Who, you know, Blake Seven had aired, Sapphire and Steel had aired, you know, all the great stuff. And over here we had Other World. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the the ones I can think of are like um, uh, Logan's Run, seventies, Planet of the Apes, seventies. Man from Atlantis, obviously, 70s. Um, Invisible Man with David McCallum, no, 70s. 70s. Um, yeah, moving into the 80s, a fantastic uh, journey. That was like 79, I think. That was okay. late 70s. Because what? Because ne- Next Gen was mid to late 80s. Yeah, that sounds right. War of the Worlds then, would be the when, same time. Yeah, and Batman 5 and Batman all those shows. Five. And then that's obviously when, you know, they were true science fiction and you know, better production values, more money put into them. Yeah, but mid-80s, I can't think of really anything. Misfits of Science? The mid-80s wasteland. (laughs) The mid-80s wasteland, I guess. We were too busy with um, MTV during the 80s, so we were out of phase on that. Anything we can do not to talk about other world, isn't it? That's that's all it is, folks. It's just an opportunity. And that's what, you know... That's what Fusion Patrol is all about, really. Is uh, this is what happens when you sit down after one of watching these shows and two guys talking about a TV show that they watched and and watching the watching the conversation organically flow along the way. And sometimes the shows just haven't got what it takes to keep our attention. But what did keep my attention, and I think you were alluding to it, was hey, Gina went on a little trip, didn't yeah. she? At one point, she picks up the the hot rocks or something. something I yeah, don't know she what something, it was. Yeah. She was in isolation, and then they started breaking out the the funhouse mirror, which I think, you know, let's be fair. I don't know how old the actress is who was playing Gina. <laughs> I don't think she's 12. No. I, I, I think she's probably prob- 20 at least. Probably 20 years old. Uh, you know how that goes. They pick a short 20-year-old girl to play a sort of a younger one, and, and that goes horribly awry when you get into shows like Charles in Charge. Um, because, uh, you know, the, the young one, like Smith, they, they just have to get a kid, but then the teenage ones, they just get sort of young-looking 20s, and then if the show had gone on, then, you know, Smith would be like six foot twelve, and yeah. Gina would still look exactly the same when she's supposed to be now. Uh, anyway, so uh, basically the point here is that you could be forgiven for looking at this girl and saying that she is an attractive young lady and not and not think you're a pedo. Um, <laughs> but I think it's an unfortunate use of the funhouse mirrors to make her breasts look enormous yeah. in that sequence. I mean, they, they start bending it around in the first, I mean, the absolute first shot is her breasts just go <laughs> out on the screen. You're going, well, that's unusual. <laughs> Not complaining or anything, but you know, but it did look kind of funny straight out out there. And you like, like, was that really necessary? Because, and then she's fighting and stuff, and then they go into this. I don't know. It was not clear to me what it was. 
met a trip. I mean, she's she's up in a dark room. There's mist. There's two doors with stained glass. She waves imperiously her right hand, and the right door opens, and she waves imperiously her left hand, and the left door side, opens. Yeah, the right side's like fire, and the left side's light. Light. Yeah, she goes are... through the light. And then she's flying through the forest, and there's negative and positive and over some water and and, and looking at things and birds flying by. And <laughs> boats. I mean, it's just... And it's all set to this sort of pro- this electronic rock score. Yeah. Now, uh, we haven't talked a lot about the score. I, mean, I think we mentioned it, but uh, you know, this, the um, the theme is by Sylvester LeVay, who is I'm going to say best known for Airwolf theme. Okay, uh, and also if you look at iTunes, um, the uh, the soundtrack to Hot Shots. But he didn't do the incidental music for this episode. A guy named Jim Roberts did, and I think maybe Jim was trying to get an album plugged or something because this this vision quest yeah, that she's on of, montage yeah. of <laughs> images and 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 her face and stuff six and a half minutes long timed out that long wow. over six and a half minutes it didn't make seven <laughs> six and a half minutes long of just these they talk about time to kill it's like listening to an episode of fusion patrol talking about yeah. An episode of Otherworld. <laughs> they were killing some time. Um, thought, no, no dialogue or anything. Yeah, it was just all just all A couple video. words yeah. here and there. Couple, remember there was one point where she had a flashback of something, hang on to it and, or die yeah, or something, something like but... that, which totally not the thing to say. And uh, and also then at one point she sees some buildings. She goes, Imar. Yeah, that was towards the end there. With the three towers. Yeah, the three towers. And and later on, it's revealed that she had a vision quest, and that was actually showing us the way to Imar. Yeah. But I don't know about you. <laughs> I have no idea how to get there. <laughs> there is no way she could possibly have interpreted what she saw no. into the path to Imar. So um, the family don't have much to do in this episode. Nope. Uh, except to organize a revolt. Yeah. Well, yeah, and they were considered to be her counselors. Not, I don't even know if they've... It was even brought up that they were her family. Yeah, I mean, they came down. She came down. Oh, that's Princess Metra. And then, then well, let these people go too. Yeah. And they said, okay, well, fine. And they put them all and treated them like royalty. But she was the princess, and they were. Um, at one point, she she discovers that the basically this place runs on slavery. So she decides to um, release the slaves. Now, so here's the here's the trick, and this is this boils down to that whole family thing again, or really uh, not the family thing, but it's it's that kind of. Um, do what's right. Yeah, they're they're really big on the do what's right angle from this show. You got to do what's right over and over again, even if if you pay a heavy price and self sacrifice. So basically, uh, Gina is got to give like the queen's speech, although it would be obviously the princess's speech, and the prime manager doesn't want her to do some of the things that she thinks she's going to do, which will be very revolutionary, like freeing the slaves and shutting down the uh, sweatshops and uh, you know letting them have families and all yeah. sorts of crazy stuff like that. And so she threatens them. She, she captures the captain who she's in love with and uh, she captures her family. And she says, look, a speech tomorrow. It could be very nice speech. It could, might be very inflammatory or it could be a very, very, friendly speech towards me and and if it's a very friendly speech towards me i won't kill your family i won't kill your your boyfriend and i won't uh, i won't kill you or it could be and i could even let them go i could let you go i could give you safe conduct on your way yeah. to emar 
Gina Sterling, proving that she knows <laughs> yep. who she is and not the Princess Metro. But of course, what does Gina do? What does Princess Metro do? Of course, she does the right thing. She frees the slaves. Yes. I mean, that's what you do mm-hmm. when you're a hero in a wholly unrealistic show uh, and they're going to kill you and your family and everybody. You you stand up for what's right. But luckily, Dad's got an ace up his sleeve. He's got the access crystal. So he and the boy, Trace, not Smith, meet up with rebels and they... Uh, they get a revolution going, and they use the access crystal to get some guns, because guns are what you need for a revolution, and that's basically it. They have a revolution. When she frees them, they all go out and get guns and then have a bloodless coup. And I think, of course, we have that scene where they die, and the boyfriend dies, the prime. His last dead. words, I love you. <laughs> Actually, he did he'd say love in a very funny way, yeah. didn't he? It was, it was kind of like, I love you. <laughs> What's his last breath? I mean, what do you expect? They took the time to make his one yeah. words funny. Like, I just wanted you to have a smile on your face <laughs> since I died. It's like, get a little laugh from me. Um, and because she was so sad and everyone loved her, then the remaining people got together and they formed a coalition government and everyone lived happily ever right. after. They repaired the balloon and off they flew to follow the dream path that Gina memorized. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. Good luck with that. <laughs> Um, did this episode as a, as a series finale, did it, did it do the show justice? Definitely not. Did any episode of Otherworld in, in retrospect? I I think the first one, it was an interesting concept that they set it up with and, you know, they went from there. But didn't, I don't know. I mean, in retrospect, at the time we kind of were kind to it, but But isn't the plot of going to the place where everybody's an android and you don't know it, isn't that another one of those stories yeah. that we see <laughs> regularly exactly. on these shows? So was there an original script in the whole bunch? So you've got the android city, you've got the boot camp story, you've got the rock and roll story, yeah. you've got the motorcycle gang story, the beauty and the beast story, the substitute princess and the island of the island where people disappear. Yeah. And uh and oh and women's lib gone crazy. Right? Eight episodes were any of them remote I mean <clears throat> the women's lib one, how ham fisted was that? <laughs> you know, you take that story where you do the reverse role things yeah. and and like, oh you were slaves now and I was like it it was nothing. No. The only thing that was imaginative about the show was the trappings. The, the differences in technology, yeah. the the way the people lived, maybe the Church of the Artificial Intelligence, if we could get... Yeah, we didn't get too much on that. Just... Get something about that might be might be interesting. But, but in the rock and roll episode, they basically spelled it out that that's not a real church. <laughs> I can't believe I just used that phrase. It's not an authentic religion. Um, it, it, it <laughs> it's, it's a mechanism of control... <laughs> Uh, unlike the others, um, wow, putting the foot in it tonight. Uh, <laughs> it's late. I've I've had to watch two episodes of Otherworld, uh, both of them abysmally bad. In other words, it's actually a very, very cynically constructed, not even remotely organic religion. Yeah. It is the Praetor's arm. It's his official arm. Yeah. It's 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 the Church of England. <laughs> to take over from the cat. I, you know, I mean, it's, it is a, um, it, 
it's not a good it's not a good organization gone bad or anything like that. I mean, there isn't really any kind of feel that this actually grew up out of a sense of worship. This feels more like a mega church where they've just sort of, you know, by the numbers, we're going to set one up. Yeah. They more like Scientology. <laughs> if, if you want to go that way. Oh, yeah. Or Mormonism. <laughs> uh, whatever. Let's, let's be. Let's, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're just having fun tonight. <laughs> the blooper reel is going to be great on this one. Um, I don't know that there is an exact parallel to that. I mean, I, I, yeah, but you know, they didn't really delve into it that much. I mean, would we have maybe five minutes total even mentioning all of those examples, which I won't rename. They, they are either some sort of movement that is then harnessed and becomes a power structure, or they are an artificial attempt to form a power structure where a power structure did not previously exist it's like how do i get rich oh i know start a religion yeah that's a that's a quote from somebody but i'm not gonna say who (laughs) um and then and then proceeded to do so um as opposed to say uh the church of england which uh you know henry the eighth set up so that a he could get a divorce and b so that he could take all the money away from the catholic church yeah on his own behalf and become the, the ruler of, of said thing. So that's a little closer, but it kind of co-opted an existing one. If that, if that makes sense. I mean, all the people were already had their Catholic beliefs and Jesus and the Bible and all that sort of stuff. And so then we just kind of changed it a little bit and set up some new trappings. Whereas uh, the church of artificial intelligence appears to be, um, I've got this thing. What do I need? I need a religion to be my, you know, so that it looks like there's something balancing against me, but yeah. there isn't. And I think that would have been interesting to explore, but I kind of feel like they squandered that by giving too much of it away in the rock and roll episode needlessly because it didn't really advance that story. No. Um, so, uh, that I, I would have liked to have seen that. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more because we have had hints. Uh, we had hints in the Motor Pigs episode that there are other unofficial religions, and uh, Emar crushes them and because there is only the one true religion, the Church of the Artificial Intelligence. Um, we also saw that in this episode where they're doing the King Solomon stuff, where people are bringing their cases to Princess Metra, and she has to decide uh, what. You know, what is the, the course of justice? And, and let's talk a couple of those. This province has a rule against animals that eat meat. Yeah, that was kind of strange. Because the guy's got a carnivorous, I'm assuming a hawk or an eagle or something, and that's against the against the rules. How do they stop the birds from flying across to eat meat? <laughs> I mean, if you eliminate the animals that don't eat meat, then little animals that are meat overrun, and of course then the animals that eat meat come into your area. So yeah. it didn't make a whole lot of... Not really. Maybe they meant you couldn't have them as pets. It's a possibility. Again, seems a little... Um, and didn't... Oh, no, wait a minute. Now, hold on a second here. Now, just a second. What was it that this bird was accused of doing? He was eating the head off of a pig or something. Pigs ate meat. Yeah. Pigs eat any. <laughs> Other pigs, people, <laughs> your eyeglasses. It doesn't matter. Pigs will eat anything. They eat meat. Those are carnivorous. I don't know if they're considered carnivorous animals or not. They're omnivorous animals. Yeah. That's a meat eater. She should have killed them both. <laughs> they were both at fault here. 
Um, and actually, something that just popped up back in about this episode, the kids. I mean, we talk about you know the slavery, but they all lose actually lose their children, and they're just what put into what were they put asleep, and then they just sit there for forty five years, and then they kill them or something like that. Yeah, I didn't, make I, I didn't know what they were going with that. That didn't make any sense at all. I, I thought I couldn't figure. I mean, they had what they called the micro workers, yeah, which are the slaves, as opposed to the yeah. macro executives. <laughs> all right, uh, and the micro workers were out, you know, having a little picnic when the, the, the balloon arrived, or, or perhaps a revolution meeting. I don't know what's going on there. So they're not brainless zombies. No. Right? But they're not allowed to get married. They're not allowed to have children. They're not allowed to whatever. But during Gina's tour, she sees these kids who are on these uh, diocese, and they've got uh, light streaming down on them. And they're um, basically vacant. Yeah. And they're not doing anything as far as I can tell. And when she said, oh, what's going on? They said, these are the micro workers. So I, I kind of thought, by the way he said that, that this is how they worked. That perhaps their brains were being used somehow possible but yeah but the micro workers we seem don't you know they seem to be of normal intelligence from what we could tell so obviously yeah they're just people yeah people's people huh i i, I have no idea it didn't make any sense but you know they they wanted their kids back yeah. even though they're not allowed to have kids <laughs> so i don't know how you slip one of those out without somebody noticing frankly um Oh, so we were uh, on the uh, the adjudication. There was the woman who was of a different religion. Yeah. And she wanted to, she had some religious materials and wanted to live in peace. And the prime, uh, I keep on saying prime minister, <laughs> prime manager, you know, said, well, you have to put her to death because those, that's the law. Anyone with anything is not church of the artificial intelligence must die. And Gina, of course, you know, it's like, well, it's fine. It's okay. She's not hurting anybody. So let her do what she, let her do her thing. I, I, I thought that was, again, it's like we're getting pieces to the puzzle, but I don't know where they're going with it. And I don't know. I have a feeling that when we got to it at the end, it wasn't going to be worth it. <laughs> <laughs> um, because there, there have been these, there have been these moments in, this show is very, this show, you know, American, uh, America is accused of being very, uh, religious on their sleeves as witnessed by every American president for the last 20 years has to end every press conference with God bless America, God bless you all, or God bless this or whatever. And this show kind of has that feel to it because they just occasionally, you know, they're just occasionally, well, oh, you know, you can say, well, let's pray you're wrong, right? You can say that yeah. and not mean let's actually pray. Exactly. But when this family says things like that, I believe them. I believe they mean yeah. actually that, that they're going to sit down and dinner and say grace. And, and I, I, I get that feeling from them. So at the end of the princess's speech, I thought this was really weird. I mean, after she does all this revolutionary stuff and it's like, they're all free and they can, they can have their own children back and they can have children and they can get married and they can vote. And they can do all those things. And so is the word of the princess. God bless us all. She says, or something like that. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, it was out of place. It, yeah, was, it, it was like, do, does, does the church of the artificial intelligence even have a God? I think they asked that question, yeah. didn't they? And they don't. Correct. So, you know, this is, this, this might be worse. That's, that's put to death kind of stuff then. Not just, I'm the boss and I'm letting the slaves free. Yeah. Just, 
I don't know. I think that's because of the hour of the day. Again, if this if this was the family slot show, that's the kind of stuff that they would yeah. put in those things. They would they were much more uh, shows that showed people going to church or doing things like that. So, but you had mentioned in an earlier episode when they just had the passing line of the Church of the Artificial Intelligence that One, you were yeah. surprised and that, that even got through with the censors. Yeah, so the, the censors fact had that trouble it's with come that. up more and more in the episodes. You know, maybe the, the whole her end of the speech. Maybe that was a network say, "Hey, you got to put that in there if you know because it's a Christian nation that's watching this show or something." I you, know, you never know. They do things like that. Yeah. You can watch a TV show and sometimes you can feel like you just see network interference. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Uh, any uh, final conclusions? I mean, we're, we're done. We're done with Otherworld. We're, we're not going to come back to Otherworld. It's yeah. not like Man from Atlantis where we left a few episodes dangling out there where if I, if I really, really wanted to be mean to somebody, <laughs> I could come back and say, let's do a couple more episodes of Man from Atlantis. I've got those. And, uh, uh, but this is, this, this, this show is, yeah. it's not I mean, it had some interesting concepts with the provinces and stuff, but overall, like you said, you know, all the stories, we've seen them all before. And I think that's what they were just, and trying to appeal to the most broad, broadest spectrum of viewers. Obviously nobody watched it or the show would have been canceled. <laughs> I, I believe that you and I have joined a small elite crowd yeah. of people who may have actually been the only people on earth who've seen exactly all eight episodes i keep on saying six because there's like there there isn't even enough content for six episodes here they could have they could have probably made a two-hour movie out of yeah. this and eliminated a whole bunch of stuff and been and i don't mean this episode i mean the entire series yeah so david thank you for uh subjecting yourself to this horrific uh torture of other world i don't even ensure it's no this, this isn't even like horrific torture i mean this is not like man from atlantis is like sandpaper yeah and this is like somebody's like would you just stop dripping water on my elbow? Well, I think I like the show a little bit better than you did, but it wasn't, it wasn't great television, but I, th- I, th- I think I had a little more fun with them than But you watched it when it was first out. I'd seen some of the episodes. See, you have fond, nostalgic yeah. memories of it <laughs> that were formed in your brain at an Could early age. And so it's, now it's, it's triggering, endorphins are triggering stored memories that would give you sort of uh, flashback yeah. things like it's very possible listeners thank you and uh hope uh, next week it'll be better <laughs> <laughs> and uh david thank you again not a problem and uh, we hope you'll all join us again next time on fusion patrol fusion patrol is a lone locust production like us leave us a review on itunes or stop by and visit at our website, FusionPatrol.com. Find us on Facebook or Twitter. Search for Fusion Patrol. Or just drop us a note at feedback at FusionPatrol.com. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. <laughs>